Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Alexandra, you are such a light. You're an award-winning filmmaker. You are actively producing and writing faith-based films for a generation in need of wholesome and clean content. You're paving the way for women producers and creators. You started your own production company, Mustard Seed Entertainment, and you're doing such incredible work. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So first, I want to ask about you, Alexandra. You have a big heart for Jesus. You've committed your life's work in the entertainment industry to bringing to light truth and love through storytelling. How did you personally experience Jesus bringing you from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light? And how has his light played a role in your journey to stepping into your calling as a creator? So I, well, I grew up in a minister's home. My father's a minister. I grew up in Massachusetts. So I have always known about the Lord. And I've always, I actually never rebelled, actually. My parents were really incredible examples of the love of Jesus. And I think my father was very aware of what could happen to minister's kids if it's done the wrong way. And I, I'm the youngest of four kids and we're all really strong in our faith. And I give so much glory to my parents for, for really um, raising us where we could find our own relationship with God. And like, as a kid, you know, I was like, I don't want to go to youth group. And my parent, my dad would be like, okay, then you don't have to go. So, but then I ended up wanting to go on my own. So I think the freedom of being able to make those choices was really awesome. I mean, obviously God was everything about my life growing up, but I also found him. Like I went to summer camp in called Penile up in upstate New York. I definitely think that's where I found my real relationship with God was through those kids and getting to be um, at camp. And then um, I always wanted to be an actor. I always wanted to be in the industry. And my parents were really supportive of that. I used to audition at like 14 in Boston. I'm And then I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 years old. Wow. All by myself. Brave girl. (laughs) Very, very brave. Yeah. Uh, One of the the reasons I believe God called me into what I'm doing is because he knew I was brave and I wouldn't take no for an answer. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, because I always wonder, like, when God calls us to do big work and to bump up against something that we know, you know, Hollywood is not interested in God. So I'll go into meetings and have everybody say, nobody wants women's stuff. Nobody wants God. And I'm like, you're wrong. And I will prove you wrong. And I will keep doing this. So um, I moved out here at 19. I struggled big time in Los Angeles. I actually became homeless. I lived in my car for a month. 
And I would say I had a really rough go at living out here for 10 years. I pounded the pavement as an actor and I waited tables and I was the total stereotypical actress, like working at night, submitting myself in the day, trying to get jobs. And after 10 years, I was done. In 2009, I packed up my bags yet again and I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I heard the industry was booming. And I just kind of left LA and needed to get out of the toxic environment of being a waitress and feeling like such a failure. And when I moved to New Mexico, I spent like a full year as a companion to elderly people. And I gave up acting and I prayed and prayed. And I was like, all right, God, this clearly isn't what you want for my life. And I'm sick of trying to do my own thing. So you tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And I spent like a year kind of in self-reflection time with the Lord of like, my hands being open to be like, okay, what do you want for my life? And that's hard, you know, when you have a dream and that, and you want something so bad and you know, it's not working out. It's really hard to release that because you never know what God's going to call you to do. That's a lot of surrender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I ended up meeting like this group of other independent filmmakers and we all just kind of said, why don't we start making our own stuff and then I'll create my own work and then I'll give myself a job as an actor. So we made like this tiny little thriller out in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico for $10,000, like five of us made a movie. And this was back in like 2011. And we ended up, I ended up moving back to LA and we sold that movie and it did really well. And how God called me, this is to lead into where God was going to call me, was that we were in my, my partner, John Graham, and I were in a meeting with our sales agent. And literally my sales agent was like, why don't you guys make faith-based family films? You know, if you could make the quality of Home Sweet Home, your thriller in the faith-based arena, we could do really well. And I just felt like God like hit the table and was like, you're going to make movies for me. And I was like, at first I was kind of like, probably the first time in my life where I wanted to rebel. Cause I was like, wait a minute, faith-based films? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, like there's a connotation with faith-based films. Um, I just wasn't, I was like, okay. And then literally we, my sales agent offered us, he said, I can get the money. If you make the movie, I'll get you $75,000 to make the film. I could not afford to keep my Los Angeles apartment and make that movie. So I put everything I owned in storage and I literally lived on the road for an entire year to make catching face. Oh my gosh. And you talk about like, you know, when God calls us to do it and he says, give up everything for me and follow me, follow me, (laughs) follow me. And that was like a very challenging year because we didn't know if the movie would ever get finished. We didn't know if the movie would ever sell. And I gave up this beautiful Hancock Park apartment and I definitely struggled with like, what am I doing? Like I'm I'm living out of a suitcase. (laughs) I don't have an address. Um, but I remember we, I was driving late at night because I, I went, so I flew, I moved to Wisconsin and moved in with my sister in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin to write the script. And um, for the next year, I traveled from Wisconsin to New Mexico, back to Los Angeles, back to New Mexico and back to Wisconsin. Like it was like, like all that living all crazy. over the place. That was crazy. Yeah. But I really, I had this vision one night when I was driving back from Los Angeles to New Mexico on our way to shoot the movie where I felt like I had this vision of being with God 
And I was like driving through the New Mexico desert late at night. And I was looking out at the desert and I just had this vision of God saying to me, you are being a good and faithful servant. And I felt his peace come in the car because I was really struggling with the decision to give up everything to make this movie, to not be able to go back to LA. And I really felt like the peace that surpasses all understanding came into the car and covered me. And I was like, from that moment on, I was like, okay, God, I'm in this to win this. Let's make this movie. And whatever happens will be what you want it to happen anyway. I've surrendered everything I have. <laughs> and we made, yeah, everything. And I made, and Catching Faith, we made, you know, in 2013. And it was, uh, the, you know, there weren't a lot of female-driven faith-based films at the time. And I felt very strong that we should, that I wanted to create something for women that, spoke to women that empowered women. And, um, and then after we made it, we sold it and it went on to become the top five consistent selling movie for the distribution company. Amazing. And we traveled to Cuba and what God has done with that movie is just like, wow, we have to step out in faith. When he asks, when he calls us, we must go because he's going to yes. do something yes. incredible. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so powerful. I think one thing I think about when I hear your story is it's it's crazy that you moved to LA and then you you leave acting completely and you gave that up and you're in this season of wilderness and obscurity having like seen that dream kind of die as God was preparing you for what you had he had in store for you which was a huge calling um, to share his name in this industry. So I think it's encouraging for me um, and I'm sure for a lot of the listeners who maybe feel like they're having to give up a lot of things that um, they thought would, they might see come to fruition. Um, and it's just a reminder that God always has something good in store. And um, and He's he was preparing you in LA and all those years in the industry for what you're doing now. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know all the connections I was making would come to fruition in a very different way than I thought. Like people I knew in the studio system, people I had become friends with for 10 years, I didn't know that God was going to use those relationships in a totally different way than acting as a producer, as a writer, as a filmmaker. And, and also I think he was preparing me for, for the struggle, for the rejection, because, you know, when, when you go, I was going into meetings, pitching women driven faith-based films and getting a lot of rejection and I was already prepared for that because I had spent 10 years in rejection. I was like, I know what it feels like to be rejected. You're like, it's what I'm used to at this point. <laughs> I got this. I'm so good at this. So like, <laughs> oh, wow. What a gift. Yeah. So your production company, Mustard Seed Entertainment, is on mission. This is the mission statement, which I love. It's on mission to create visually stimulating films that honor Jesus and start conversations for our viewers. Will you tell us more about your heart behind your work? Yeah, so I, when I first was called to make faith-based films and I looked at the landscape of faith-based films, I really did not see myself represented. Um, and I, I thought, you know, I think faith-based filmmakers, like the studios are definitely run by a lot of men. I don't, there are a lot of women in power positions because even when I was pitching Switched Around, my teen girl movie, uh, I wasn't pitching to women at all. And I would go into meetings and I was like, 
if I could just pitch this to a girl, she'll get it. But it was like trying to pitch to older men that would be like, I don't really understand these girls in high school. I don't see why do they care about their friends. I actually had a studio executive say to me, I don't know why these girls care about their friends. And I was like, have you heard of a movie called Mean Girls? Yes. The entire (laughs) stakes. I said that in a meeting. I used Mean Girls as an example. I was like, the entire stakes of Mean Girls is that she wants to have friends. Like girls in high school, but because it didn't look like him or that maybe that's not what boys struggle with. So my heart has always been that I want to represent women and young women in in a way that empowers them. And also, um, I think for us, when we created Mustard Seed, our vision was to kind of be like Disney for Christians. We wanted fun movies. Yeah, fun things that start conversations with families. And sometimes some of the faith-based films can be very heavy and very um, adult, you know? And I was like, well, wait a minute. How do we get the kids in the seat? How do we talk to them? How do we relate to them? How do we make it fun? Like, I feel like Switched makes God cool. It like, it, it makes girls and boys want to sit down with their parents and watch this film because it's relatable to them. So that's kind of always been my dream is to create fun films that everybody wants to watch and and are a little outside the box, but God's outside the box. Like, I feel like we don't want to put God in this little box. God can move a mountain. God can make a donkey talk. Why couldn't he switch bodies or why couldn't he answer wishes? You know, like, yes, 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 man. And you really did that with Switched. I, let's talk about Switched because- okay. I loved the movie. I was just there. I love it, love it, love it so much. Um, especially from the Mean Girls heart that I have. That yeah, I remember when you fo- first told me about it. You said it's kind of like Mean Girls meets Freaky Friday. They switch um, lives and they're experiencing it from the other person's point of view. And I was just like, this is such a fun, um, fun concept. So yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Switched and what. Yeah, your heart behind it. Oh my gosh, this movie has been my dream passion project for years. And I can't even tell you how many meetings I had for this film and we got rejected. And, and, you know, it was, but God had a plan for it the whole time that we just can't see what God's doing. But um, Switch is about two girls in high school. One is the bully and one's the girl she bullies. And the girl that she bullies prays that the other girl would know what it's like to walk a day in her shoes. And they wake up Switch. And they find empathy and love and compassion for each other. The bully finds out what it's like to go to school and take the pain as that person they caused it. And then we also find out why the bully is a bully, which was really important to us was to talk about what's going on in the heart of a bully. If someone's bullying, it means that they're broken and they need some love. And if we could actually start a conversation, even if parents were talking to a kid and the kid is actually the one bullying, maybe we could heal the heart of the bully and then stop the chain reaction of that person hurting other people because they're hurting inside themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we really wanted to show the, what's going on in the bully's home, which we do. And um, it was really important to This whole movie has been like a dream of mine because when I was a little girl in high school, I, my father was a minister. I didn't have a lot of money, but I was raised in a town that was very wealthy because Ministers get houses when they're pastors. So we lived in a really affluent town, but I was 
not, I didn't have any money. So I used to have to go to the basement of the church and I'd pick through the basement of the church to pick out my clothes that were hand-me-downs from people who donated. And sometimes they weren't the greatest clothes and I'd cry and cry and cry. And I'd be like, mom, take me to the mall. I want to go shopping. I want to look like the girls at high school. I want to be hip. And I would go to school and the girl, and I would get tormented and made fun of. And it really, it, I mean, bullying stays with you forever. And I always thought like, if these kids knew what it was like to walk a day in my shoes, if they knew what it was like to go to the basement of the church and pick through other people's clothes, maybe they would have love and empathy. And that's what we wanted to show in a movie. Like we don't know what anyone is going through until we literally walk a day in their shoes. And if we knew, my sister Andrea has a great saying, there isn't anybody you couldn't love if you didn't know their story. Mm. And that's, that's, yeah. So, and I wanted a way to talk to young women and young, young boys. Boys love the movie too, which is exciting. I think it's so important that, you know, that it's not just for girls. I, God, I, we, we've had boys who are like 14 love the movie. It's fun, you know, and it's, it's good for uh, I just think, and the other thing is when we were pitching this, it's really hard because boys and bully different than girls do. Mm. So boys, you know, will punch each other and then be best friends. Yeah. So I think that like maybe the people I was pitching this to didn't relate to the bullying because women bully a girl or women and girls in a very different way. And, um, you know, you hear a lot. We had a girl audition for the film who said that her parents had to move her out of the town that she was living in because the girls were telling her to kill herself on social media. What? And so, yeah. So that was like, that to me was like, okay, we need to address social media and how, you know, sneaky you can be on social media because you don't have to see that person's face when you're hurting them and kind of talking about that too, which we talk about in the movie. And Oh, it's such a word for this rising generation. Um, I'm really passionate about discipleship and encouraging the the generation of girls right underneath me to walk in the way of Jesus and to live lives of love. And um, it's scary what they're having to take in and go through right now, even from the time that I was in high school till the high schoolers now. It's just such a different level of um, pressure and it's a different experience. And I heard a quote earlier, I sent it to you, but I wrote it down because it was so good. And it's just eye-opening by Dr. Meg Meeker that said for teen girls today, the greatest obstacle to their emotional health is social media. And it's just, it's, yeah, I'm thankful for switched and that there are stories being told about redemption and, meeting at our brokenness, that we all have broken places of our own stories. But like you said, it takes us putting ourselves in that other person's shoes and seeing them as a loved child of God, that they are made in the image of God, even the bully. So everybody is welcome at the, everybody is welcome at the mercy table. Everybody Mm, is welcome. Yeah. I think I took that from Amy Grant, but I'm a big Amy Grant fan. She always says the most beautiful ways. Amy Grant, love her. She's the best. And and that's so true. Everyone is welcome. And if you think of it that way, then you would love everybody because you would be like, they are welcome to be loved. Um, Mm. And yeah, I think with cyberbullying, like what you were saying, cyberbullying is a whole nother level of bullying that we need to address in a way that teaches kids 
how to deal with it. You know, like mm. I, I've been watching the landscape of like 13 reasons why and the kissing booth. And I'm seeing all these things that are going out to young women feeling so frustrated that there isn't something on the other side to combat those messages. And yeah, like to me, I was like, we don't want to, I want, when we won the movie guide awards, we won the movie guide awards for best screenplay for switch. And when I went up to accept the, the award and I'm standing in this room with all of these incredible faith-based filmmakers, people I admire and look up to. And I said, we can either reflect a broken culture or we can create a culture that leads with love. Wow. And that's what I want to do. I don't want to reflect what's already wrong with society. I want to create and show people how they could live a better life and how Jesus, you know, plays a huge part in that, you know? Oh, hearing that is like balm for my soul, Alexandra. And just to hear that, that it's happening, that those films are being made. I think that's such a, a message for the person listening to that, um, maybe feels like there is, isn't any wholesome content out there and um, you're paving the way. So it's amazing. Now you said lead with love. I love that that is kind of the slogan of the movie. And you mentioned your sister, Andrea, and I think it's amazing what you guys are doing to build resources that educate and bring awareness. Tell us about the lead with love resources that you've created to go along with the movie. Yeah. So lead with love. You'll see it. If you watch the film, it's all over the film. I mean, everything is how do we lead with love? How do we take what we're learning in this movie to the next level? Mm. And um, so we, all of our movies, Catching Faith 1 and 2 and Wish for Christmas and Switch all come with companion materials with youth groups, Bible studies. We want, especially for kids with this movie, we even have an entire high school curriculum that people, we have a high school in Kentucky that's doing a whole Lead with Love series right now with the kids where they're going to show the movie and do the resources and take it to that next level. So um, all the books will, you know, give you a Lead with Love challenge. And Andrea and I actually just wrote um, a seven-day devotional for I Disciple. I don't know if you know I Disciple. We did seven days called You Can Be a Cyber Champion. And it's seven day devotional for, for, for mothers and daughters to do together to be like, I how can you? I love this. I love yes. it. Wow. And how can you use your social media for good instead of bad? Yes. Because social yes. media is a part of our life. We can't just say, don't be on your social media anymore. That's not going to happen. But what we can do is use it for good and use it to love people and, and spread kindness instead of negativity. Um, and that's been some of my favorite messages from the girls who've watched this movie. They said now it actually taught me how to live that way. Not just, we don't really preach to people like, oh, you need to believe this. It's more like if you, once you know the Lord and once your heart, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, and then you can love your neighbor as you love yourself, which I think we talk about in the movie because I grew up in a Christian home. I knew that saying, but I didn't really understand the love myself part of it. And I think a lot of young people don't love themselves. And it is a commandment. God says, love your neighbor as yourself. So if we really get to the heart of the matter, it's that we want them to know that they are loved so much by the Lord. And if they know that they're made perfectly by him, then they can share that love with other people. 
So, and these, and that's kind of what the Bible studies go through is, you know, that's our, that's our main verse for the movie. And then we have the journal, like we have a journal, we would love journal. And then we also have the Bible study. Yes. And if you go to, yeah, if you go to switchmovie.com, there's a lot of free resources that you can do with young people, with adults. We have family curriculum. So you can watch the film and then take that message into your life of how can I apply this even more into my life? So. Yes, I love it. And I'm going to link all of that in the show description. So if you're listening and you're interested in looking up those resources, it's right there. And I encourage you to, or maybe you know a teen girl. I, I can just think of several off the top of my head that I'm pumped to share this movie with and to share the resources with because it's such a great conversation starter. So it's awesome that you guys are doing that. And then you also do that for all of the movies you have made, right? Like yes. I saw the Elijah project. That's so awesome. Yeah. And you know, when we did Catching Face, that comes with the Elijah project, which is a study for women. Um, and then there's actually a male study now because a woman from Florida saw Catching Faith on Netflix, contacted yeah. my sister and asked if she could take the book to Cuba. So, and wow. the book, yeah, so the, this woman translated the books into Spanish, took Come them on. to Cuba. I know. The books blew up. There are over 500 Elijah Project ambassadors. The women in Cuba just really needed the message of Elijah Project. Yeah. And Andrea was actually invited to Cuba to do a book tour. And then they invited us to bring the movie to show the movie. And I remember standing up in Cuba telling this church my story of giving up my home to make this movie and going, wow, if those four walls don't mean anything to me anymore, because God was going to use that sacrifice for me to be able to do something that would touch the lives of people in Cuba and women, especially. And then what happened was the men had, uh, when my sister was there, in Cuba, the men, the husbands of the women were came into her and say, listen, my wife did your study and her heart and her life are changed. We want that. I want that for myself. So Andrea was like, okay. So she went and wrote a whole man's study so that men could do the Elijah Project too. So it's been really exciting to see what God's doing with our work. It like blows our mind. Like when we get messages from South Africa and Brazil and all over the world, we're like, wow. I just can't, I feel so humbled that he chose us to do these movies for him and get to powerful. It is so powerful. Yeah. And I, I feel a huge responsibility with entertainment that when we create something, we have the ability to go into people's homes and like what we said, we can, we can either, you know, reflect things that are going on that are not good, or we can show them how to live a better life. And I do feel so like every time we sit down to write a script or make a movie, I'm like, how can we change the world for good? How can we be um, light in a very broken world? (laughs) Are you in need of some friendship and encouragement? At the beginning of quarantine, I started the community College Girls for Christ as a place for us to gather to study God's word and to grow in our faith together. We need each other to keep our eyes on Jesus and to step into the fullness of what He's called us to in this life. I love encouraging the women younger than me through discipleship to rise up. My life has been changed by women discipling me, and I believe that our greatest purpose is to live in light of Jesus' instructions to go and make disciples of all nations. So if you're seeking community, or you're my age and you're wanting to disciple 
and get to know some fun girls younger than you, sign up in the link in the show description. We just finished a study and we'll be doing some fun connecting in the coming weeks before we begin our Advent study starting the 1st of December. I cannot wait. So join us. Now, back to my conversation with Alexandra. Gosh, and that's the calling of all Christians everywhere is to go into those spaces that they're called to and to bring that light, to shine that light. And God wants to use us. Like, I think we're so shocked whenever he just starts using us when we surrender our lives to him. But gosh, he wants to like he he loves us so, so much. So it's just amazing to hear your stories now. Your films have been featured on Netflix, Pure Flicks, Amazon Prime. They've been sold in Walmart, everywhere. It's, I just said God's hand. And it, that to me just screams God's hand on your career and the work that you're doing. And I know that you've had several miracle stories of just seeing God carry you through. I would love to maybe hear a couple of those stories because I know that they are so encouraging. Yes, I feel like every time we step out to make a film, we are always stepping out in faith because we've never had enough. We're very small. Actually, we always say like where things are impossible for us, they're possible for God because a lot of our movies are very small budget, but we and we've even we had a budget in mind for Switch that didn't work out. And I feel like God said, go, go make the movie. I'll take care of the rest. And we've literally had so many miracles happen. Not only has God provided in ways that we couldn't even imagine, but we've had a lot of people come to know God on our movie set. And that's been really exciting. Sometimes like we were making Catching Faith, so many people came to know the Lord and so many things happened that we were like, well, I guess if the movie never even gets out there, then that's enough. It's because that person's life was changed on our set. Um, I guess the most the most recent thing that happened that was really incredible was we decided during COVID-19 to step out in faith and make another movie. We were so nervous because we were one of the first independent films to go during this time. And we went to Georgia and we had this, we had this incredible uh, uh, Christian hospital helping us with testing and everything. And um, we ended up performing 342 COVID-19 tests on set and not a single positive test. Wow. And we were praying. I mean, we had so many prayer warriors over this movie and um, the Inher- it's called The Inheritance. And it's about the strange family that all returns home to bury their mother, but really to get their inheritance. And when they get home, they found out that their mother buried the deed to the estate and left them all these clues and challenges that they have to do as a family to find it. And ultimately, she's trying to teach them that the only thing you inherit on earth is the kingdom of heaven. And it's such a powerful, it's all the, it follows the Ecclesiastes story of there's a time for everything under the sun. And uh, which was an interesting movie to make during this time. We were like, we're in this time in the world and we're making this movie. And it was really great to hear all the movie has uh, the mother leaves like all the Bible verses. So it was really awesome to get to hear that out loud during this time. And I was like, I think God always has a perfect timing. We, we were supposed to make every movie seems to come out at a time where it's really needed. Like Gosh, it's coming out of it. Yeah. So anyway, we had one of our miracle stories was that we had 
we would beat, we would test everybody and everyone would be negative and we could go shoot the movie. And then like the rain would come or lightning would come because Georgia in the summer is insane weather. And we would be like, we had this one scene that we kept pushing off, which is the finale of the movie when they find the deed and we're wrapping up this film and we kept up to push it for weather issues. And we had this one window to shoot the scene. And I'm like, I'm seriously just praying. I call all my prayer warriors. I'm like, you guys, we have to shoot this scene. It cannot rain. It cannot rain. And we're out there shooting and people are like, hey, did you hear that it's raining over there? It's lightning over there. And I'm like, oh, Lord, please just let us shoot this scene. We finish the scene. We all run inside. Downpour comes down. The woman who owns the house that we were shooting in came up to me and she said, do you know that my neighbor just sent me the weather map picture? And there is literally a circle around my property where it's the only place oh, it's not raining. Oh my gosh. I even have a picture of it. I I mean, it's just like, that's just like, here's the picture of that. The green is the rain and the circle is where the rain and lightning wasn't hitting. And that's her property where we're shooting. All things are possible with God. Uh, Answer prayer. Mean, Answer prayer. And also just shows us that if we're stepping out, we're doing what God wants. He can literally hold the weather if he wants you to do what yes. you do. So we should never be afraid because he will provide and protect. And he did. He has done that on every single film that we've worked on. It, literally, I can't. Yeah, I could go on. I just I just was at my father's church last week. I was in Massachusetts and I stood up and told that story. And I was like, I could do a hundred stories of what he yeah. miracles that are impossible. I believe it. I believe it. And it's why wow. we always are like, we have to just keep making these movies. Even if the budgets are small, we have to do it because God's going to touch somebody's life with that movie. Gosh. And I, I don't think I can really wrap my mind around how much for like spiritual, how much is happening when you're having to go into those rooms and have those conversations and just trust in God that he's going to pave a way for it. Will you tell the $1.5 million story? Because uh, this just blew me away. Yes, yes. So during our hustle of trying to get switched made, uh, literally, I think I met with every studio there is to meet with. <laughs> and we finally had had somebody contact us and said, I won't say the name of the studio, but that they were interested in switch. And so Don, Katie Graham, my partner and I got on the call with all the people at the studio. And they said, we love this movie. It's so fun and and just like mean girls but we would and we will offer you 1.5 million to make it if you would just do two things take god out of the script and make it a little edgier a little hipper and i was like well, what do you mean by edgy do you mean raunchy and um literally i was sitting on the call just being like we have been had been rejected by so many people that you start getting worn down and you start almost wanting to say 1.5 million sounds amazing. But I got off the call and I just was like, I can't, I'm not gonna take God out of it because if I take, well, first off, I'm not gonna make anything raunchy. I am so just, I'm so angry about the stuff that's going out to young women that I'm like, I don't wanna be a part of any of that. I want a clean movie about, not about girls chasing boys. I want it about girls and their relationships with each other and promote good relationships between girls, not, um, like one's going to college, one has a career. Why are the movies that come out still about them chasing boys? Because then that's all that's reinforcing young women is their only worth is in a guy. 
Mm. You know? And so I was like, and I was like, I don't want to take God out of it. And we ended up uh, walking away from the deal. And we, we were, I mean, yeah, we walked away from the deal. And I'm so glad we did. Because like I said, it's, it's tempting when you've had, you've been beat down, that you're just like, that's a lot of money. But praise the Lord, we met Nicole Weeder, and Nicole Weeder came onto our team, and she's the reason we made this movie. And I feel like, what movie would this be? It would just be another film if it didn't have God in it. And I, they made it all raunchy, and we actually, I'm so grateful we didn't get a studio deal because we got to make the movie exactly how we wanted to make the movie, and we didn't, we didn't have to compromise anything. And yeah. So we walked away from that, and I'm so glad we did because now the movie's out there, and it's exa- and it's telling Praise the message God. that we want to tell. Yes, Praise God, you told the story He called you to tell. It just makes me think of that same lie that the enemy says every time. Did God really say? Like, did God really say this is what you were supposed to do? And that temptation to bring in, like, oh, that that looks really good. That's a great prize, but then. For you to say no this is what he's yeah. calling me to and i believe in it i'm passionate about it and god's hand is on it and look mm-hmm. look at it now look what it's he amazing. did and if i had taken i kept thinking if i take god out of this and there's no way that anyone will come to know him there's no way it would just be another cute movie but the whole point is to for people to know about the love of god that you know we can tell people to love each other all day long but if we don't know the love of jesus then it's not ever going to it's always going to be an empty, uh, an empty heart, you know? So I want kids to know about the love of Jesus. So it had to stay in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to share switched with um, the Bible study community I have and for you to get to come tell the story on there. I just, I love it. I love what you're doing. Now what's, what's next for you? How can, um, the people listening keep up with the work that you're doing? Um, so next we're in post-production on The Inheritance. Okay. And I just watched the first edit of that movie and it came out beautiful. The wonderful family story and hoping to bring families together. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we are working on a uh, another Teen Girl script yeah. that I'm really excited about. And, Love a Teen uh, Girl script. Go Teen Girl script. And so we're, we're writing that right now. And, um, and of course, promoting Switched and, and praying for whatever we're supposed to do next, that we will, that we'll be led in the direction. Um, and you know, with COVID, it's probably, you know, we shot that movie that's in post-production. It's a good time to be in the writing room right now and just kind of pray about it. But, but it'd be kind of fun too, to flip back and forth between doing teen girl movies and adult movies because we did Catching Faith which is, well, Catching Faith incorporates the whole family. It's great for young people. It really stars the whole family. And then we have a Christmas movie out that if anyone, Christmas is coming. And we have a great Christmas movie called Wish for Christmas, which is so fun. It's about um, a spoiled, self-centered teen girl who when the big winter ball gets moved to Christmas Eve night, she can't attend because she has to go to church with her family. And she's so sick of how... Her parents are so, you know, strict and strong Christians, and she makes the wish that they wouldn't believe in God anymore. And she wakes up and finds out that it's come true. And she finds out what her life is like when the light of Jesus is removed from her parents' heart. And they actually become a reflection of who she is. They Mm. they become self-centered. And then she sees herself in them and 
it changes her heart. It's a really fun wow. Christmas movie. It stars Joey Lawrence and Lee Allen Baker. Yeah, it's really fun. That one, yeah, that's everywhere too. And and so so we went from like Catching Fates, Wish for Christmas. Then we did Catching Fates too. Then Switch, then The Inheritance. So we're kind of like on a track to, to do to do teen girl movies and also adult films because um, and things that speak to the whole family is so important. We want parents to be able to sit down with their kids and, and they can all enjoy it and all get something out of it. I think it's cool too that The Inheritance is being made in this time because what a family time it's been that so many families, I mean, my family included, are coming back together in so many ways because we've all kind of spread out, you know, and a lot of people have returned home. So that it sounds like it's God's timing with that. It film. is. And, you know, I think it's also really interesting that the movie is just talks about what is really important in life. And I feel like as a lot of people are losing their jobs and a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty during this time, this movie really does actually talk about what is really important. And I feel like I'm really excited for that to go out there for people to realize family is very important. Got your relationship with God, like we can lose any of this materialistic stuff like that like that it's all fleeting it's all fleeting we're feeling that yes so I just like we my sister and I kept saying that during when we were filming the movie we were like oh my gosh God's gotta and when we prayed to make inheritance and step out in faith and everything kept going in our favor we were like okay God's gonna do something big with this movie because he is moving mountains so that we can accomplish filming this during a time when nobody was filming anything mountains yeah, mountain. Awesome. So I'm excited to see what he does with everything. Yeah, it's so cool. Okay, well, Alexandra, at the end of every episode, I ask my guests two fun questions. So Ooh. have fun for a second. Okay. Um, if you could describe yourself in three fictional characters off the top of your head, what would they be? Yeah, like okay. Elastigirl, okay. Yeah. Joe from Little Women, Any anything. Yeah. Uh, the Little Mermaid mm. meets uh, Wonder Woman. Yes. Meets. That's interesting. You said Joe from Little Women because I would say I have a little bit of her. I, I think like, you do. I, I think did. you do. Maybe that's why it was in my head. It was just like, I'm just yeah. getting the Joe from Little Women vibes. <laughs> yes, I am her. And I love Little Women. Oh, I love you. The, the Winona Ryder one. I love the new one. Um so I would say, yeah, definitely the Little Mermaid who dreamed to go and do something that was different than what she'd always had, you know, had to see the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, paving away a storyteller yeah. who just wants to yeah. go and like put her writing out there. Yeah. Wow, that is so Joe. That is so yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Um, okay, and then my next question is, what part of the creative process is your favorite? You've been on kind of all the sides. Yes, I do it all because we take our movies from conception to completion and go on to sell them. I do everything. Um, I, I really do love the writing process, but it's a little isolating, whereas like I really love being on set and I love um, producing on set because I love to be, you know, I love to be an example on our film sets that we can lead, lead with love and be kind. Like there's a lot of Hollywood stigma that you have to be mean and you have to like, and I feel like on a film set, everything trickles down from the top. 
And I love to get to be the leader to say, we treat everybody with love and respect and kindness. And our sets are really fun places where people can't wait. I mean, my, I always hope that everyone can't wait to come to set and make the movie. I hope and that they're encouraged and feel loved. And so I'd say making the movie because I'm on set, hanging out with everybody and getting to be yeah. around people. I'm a people yeah. person. COVID, I can tell. COVID, yeah, totally. COVID That's awesome. no good for me. I need to be in community. <laughs> yes, we were made for it. We really were. Right. Well, yeah. man, Alexandra, I'm sad it's time for our conversation to end, <laughs> but I would love for you to share how the people listening can keep up with you. Yes. Um, so follow me on Instagram, Alexandra Boylan. I'm Alexandra Boylan on Facebook. Uh, you can go to mustardseedent.com to check out all of our movies and they have links for all the films. Switchmovie.com is our, our Switch website, has all the resources. We have a lot of free downloadable resources that go with Switch. Please feel free to take them and use them with your families or your churches. Um, and then, yeah, that's where you guys, you can find me and our work. And, um, and if you want to reach out to me, I always write people back. So Amazing. feel free to reach out to me. Amazing. <laughs> well, Alexandra, thanks for coming on the show. Such a blessing. Thank you. So thank you for having me. I'm honored. Thank you. And thanks for championing my work. It means a lot. Oh, heck yeah. I love it. Love it. Yay. I can't think of a word of encouragement more timely than this one. To love God and to love others is the greatest command of God. It is His heart. Love is the place from which every word we speak and every step we take should come. As followers of Christ, it is a commandment to lead with love. Alexandra's heart behind the film Switched is to bring to light the heart of God and to encourage the rising generation one enveloped in a culture of online craziness and social media, to learn the heart of God and to truly follow in the ways of Jesus by loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. This truth is simple, but the challenge, impossible without God. At the end of each episode, I take a passage of scripture and bring some truth from the word of God. His word is our instruction manual our lifeline, and truly a survival guide. As everything around us is constantly changing, God's Word never changes. When everything feels confusing, we can trust that God is still on the throne, He is still in control, and He has given us the tools we need to carry on and to do the next right thing in love. Today we are going to open the Word to Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 28. If you have a Bible with you or on your phone, open it up to Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and read along with me. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he, Jesus, said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. We find these verses in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus is in the middle of his ministry. A lot has happened leading up to this moment between Jesus and this lawyer. Now about this lawyer, it's important to know that he would have been an expert in the Jewish Mosaic and Rabbinical Law. 
this learned and intelligent lawyer decides that he wants to ask Jesus a question. He was seeking and wanted to know more about what Jesus thought about the law that he had devoted his life to. And honestly, it seems like the lawyer wanted to know for certain that he knew where he was going. If Jesus truly was the Messiah, he wanted to be sure that he was safe and on the right side of history, that he would inherit eternal life. And then we have the Son of God in the flesh, who could have plainly addressed this lawyer's question, told him what was true, and preached at him what he already knew. But instead, when the lawyer asks the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds gently, lovingly, and in complete humility with a question. He asks him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Remember, this lawyer knew these laws backwards and forwards, and he responds with the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. To which Jesus replies, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Jesus knew that this lawyer knew, but he gets on his level and brings the truth to the light. The truth being that if you pursue loving the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself, then in the words of Jesus, you will live. If you want an action step towards living out your faith in Jesus Christ today, this is the action step. Love God and love others. But at first, it's important to know that to love God is to love His Son, Jesus. He is the way to life. We cannot truly love and inherit eternal life without Jesus. In John 14:6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we believe this to be true, that Jesus is the way to eternal life, when we in faith acknowledge Him as the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins, rose up on the third day and ascended to be at the right hand of the Father in heaven, who will one day come back and restore all things and make them new, when this is real to us and when we give our lives over to Him, we are able to live in light of the gospel of Christ. The Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us, as it says in John 14 2, the advocate whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. He gives us what we need to live this commandment out, to lead with love for this vapor of a life we have here on earth. We won't do this perfectly because we are sinful, but we will be given what we need to live on mission, bringing light and life and the good news of Jesus Christ to a world in need of a Savior until we see Him face to face one day. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself up for us. We are not the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
It is by this new spirit we receive through faith in Jesus that empowers us to lead with love. Leading with love is an overflow of the love that we receive from God himself. This overflow is how we love others. We cannot truly love people in our own strength by our flesh-led spirit. So how do we receive this love and give it away? Run to Jesus, have faith in him, and let him carry the weight of the pain of this life for you. He nailed it to the cross for you and it's your free gift if you will receive it. You just get to love him. And as you love him and delight in him and receive his love for you, as you read about him and get to know him through his word, you become more like Jesus. It's an unbelievable reality and it leads to true life change that begins to change the world around you. Loving your neighbor as yourself becomes a gift instead of a commandment and Jesus gives you everything you need. You are able to truly live because without Jesus, we are lost sheep without a shepherd. But in him, we have everything. Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Friends, the world needs light and love right now. People are desperate for it. People all around you. Maybe you're listening and you have never heard of the source of life and love himself, Jesus, and you're receiving his love for the first time. If that's you, praise God. For all of you listening, wherever you are, whatever you're going through or experiencing, if it's judgment or condemnation, bullying, hypocrisy, abuse, or if you're struggling with anxiety, depression, an eating disorder, unfair treatment, sickness, or just feel like you're carrying the weight of the world. This world is hard and it's messy. And I just want you to know today that you are so incredibly loved. You have a purpose and God created you for such a time as this. Rise up and shine, dear beloved one, and receive the love he's offering you today so that you can go out and give it away. As always, I'm gonna end in prayer. Father, I praise you for your love. Goodness, you love us so much, it's hard for us to even comprehend that kind of unconditional love. Lord, I pray that you would help us see ourselves the way you see us. Help us to receive your love. Meet us where we're at today. And remind us of our identity as your beloved child. Soften our hearts and bring us to desire and want your love more than anything else this world can offer us. Show us how to love our enemies, to love the people who hurt us, and to have compassion and mercy on others the way you have had mercy on us. We love you and we praise you for sending your son Jesus to die for us so that we can live in the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, friend. I hope that you are loving these conversations and that it is an hour of truth and hope in your day. Did you know I send out a weekly newsletter? Each Monday morning, there's a new episode on the podcast and I send out an email with all the details about my guest, the show notes, the scripture from the show, and a little update, as always, from me, Laura Lee. You can sign up in the show description to get on the list. A big thanks to Helen Kemeny and Mike Stapleton for the original music heard on the podcast. 
And thanks to Colleen Bruton for editing the show. Go in light and love, friend, and I will talk to you next week.